And so today we shall be talking about God's love for man. In other words, the love of God for man. The Bible clearly tells us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 that God is love. So whatever God does is love. But for us to understand what God's love is, what God's love for man is, we have to ask such a question as, what are the things that testify of God's love? Or in other words, what are the things that tell us of God's love? To simply answer the question, the things that testify of God's love are nature and revelation. So nature and revelation alike testify of God's love. So these two things testify of God's love. They tell us about the love of God for us. So I, I would like you to really uh, express to us how does nature reveal God's love? Nature reveals God's love through many ways. Now looking at the sunshine, the rain that gladdens and refreshes the earth, the light, the firmament, veg vegetations, grasses, the sun, the moon and stars, all living creatures. We can see God's handiwork. Wonderful. So God made all these things to bless us. It is God who supplies the daily needs of all his creatures. In the beautiful words of the psalmist in Psalm 145 verses 15 and 16, that Psalm 145 verses 15 and 16, they tell us that the eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. That's Psalm 145 verses 15 and 16. And then, what do you think or who do you think was God's masterpiece? In other words, what was God's crowning work? The answer is not far. It is man. Man was created in the image and likeness of God. Beautiful, wonderful. But then when you think about it, you think about that man was made perfectly holy. There was no problem. He was happy in the beautiful garden, garden in Eden. Everything was perfect. There was no blight, no decay, no death. There was no problem at all. Everything was perfect. But why the problems? Why the suffering in the earth? Why all of this madness everywhere? Why the death? Why the loss of the loved ones that we cherish so much? Why, 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 why the sufferings? Why? It is the transgression of God's law. God's law of love has been transgressed. And so, this has brought about woe and death, pain, sicknesses, diseases all around us. Which is because the law of God has been broken. Wow. So, in other words, it is that sin has caused all these things. And sin yes. is the transgression of God's law. So, man sinned against God. When man sinned against God... He, he, he was inadvertently saying that, Lord, I do not need you anymore. And if you break off from life, you can't have life. Hmm. And so man sinned against God. It was the transgression of God's law that caused all of these things. But then, even amid the sufferings that have resulted from sin or, or that results from sin, we still see God's love revealed. How is this so? Oh, yes. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, we find that that, it is written that God cursed the ground for man's sake. And what does it mean that God cursed the ground for man's sake? Now, for an instance, if I say I'm doing something for your sake, what does it mean? It means that I'm doing something for your benefit, for your good. And so God cursed the ground for man's sake. And so 
amid even amid the suffering that results from sin, God's love is revealed. We see that the difficulties and trials, the 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 toys and care were appointed for man's good, that he may be uplifted from ruin and degradation of sin, that he may be uplifted from what sin has cost. And so God cost the ground for man's sake, that he may be trained, that man may be trained to be uplifted from the sin that he has transgressed, the, the law that he has transgressed, and so God provided that means by cursing the ground. And so it was for man's benefit, for your sake, as the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. Yes. God is love is written upon every opening bud, upon every spire of springing grass. Everything he has made clearly testifies of his love. When you take out time to observe his created works, even amidst all of the blight, the decay in the earth, you would still see and be amazed that there is a God. Take out time to look at maybe the seas and you would see that there is someone who made these things. God is love and he made these things to bless us. So what other thing reviews or testifies of God's love? We already mentioned nature and we mentioned revelation. So we have briefly touched upon the point of, of nature. So what is the other thing that reviews to us God's love? One other way that God's love is reviewed apart from his created works, is his word. The word of God reveals his character. And so when we look at Moses, when he prayed in Exodus chapter 33, verse 18 and 19, and, and, and Moses prayed and said, I beseech thee, Lord, show me thy glory. And God answered him and said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, now proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And also, when we look at Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 and 7, we see that the Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. We see that the character of God is revealed through his word. Wonderful. That tells us that God is merciful, full of mercy. He's a God of compassion, gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth. He keeps mercy for thousands. He forgives iniquity and transgression and sin. That is the God of the Bible, the God of love, God who loves us so much. Do you know that there is a prophet in the Bible that, permit me to say, accuses God of being a God of compassion? Let's turn to the book of Jonah, chapter 4. In the book of Jonah, in chapter 1, God sent Jonah to preach a message of doom to Nineveh. And Jonah refused to go to that nation. He went opposite the place that God sent him to. Then after that, God brought about various circumstances that eventually led Jonah to make the decision to share the message to the people of Nineveh. So he went there in chapter 3. He shared the message. After sharing the message, the people happened to repent. He, he preached to them, telling them that they were going to be destroyed in a certain number of days. But then the people repented and God forgave them. Let's see what Jonah says after all these things happened, after the repentance of the people of Nineveh. In Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 tell us, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. 
And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tashish, for I knew that thou art a God, a gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Jonah knew that God was a God of grace, a gracious God, a God of love, who cares so much about his creatures. Even in the book of Micah chapter 7 verse 18, it tells us that God delights in mercy. God delights in, in mercy. God delights in mercy. That's in Micah chapter 7 verse 18. God has bound our hearts to him by unnumbered tokens in heaven and in earth. Through the things of nature which we have briefly looked at, God has sought to reveal himself to every one of us. And more so, he has sought to reveal himself through the deepest and tenderest earthly ties that human hearts can know. One of the ways that this is revealed is in the book of Luke chapter 11. The disciples of Jesus Christ came to Christ and told him that, Lord, teach us to pray. And Christ, he answered and said, when ye pray, say our Father. So God is revealed to us as a parent, as one who cares. In that same chapter, from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through to 13, Christ went on to speak about that if a son, if, if a son should ask you for, for, for bread, shall any of you that is a father, will you give him a stone? And if he would ask you for a fish, will you for a fish give him a serpent? Definitely not. And then Christ closed it up by saying in verse 13, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So Christ clearly revealed to us that God has sought to reveal himself through the deepest and tenderest earthly ties that human hearts can know, speaking of God as a parent. However, these but still imperfectly represent God's love. Though all these evidences have been given, the enemy of good, the devil, Satan, the adversary, he has blinded the minds of men so that they have looked upon God with fear. Many have thought of God as being severe and unforgiving. How else has the devil led the minds of people to conceive of God? Satan has led men to conceive of God as a being whose chief attribute is stern justice, one who is a severe judge, a harsh, exacting creditor. He has pictured the creator as a being who is watching with jealous eye to discern the errors and mistakes of men that he may visit judgment upon them. It was to remove this dark shadow by revealing to the world the infinite love of God that Jesus came to live among men. Absolutely. This was the main reason Christ came, that he may break and destroy the works of Satan and make clear and put forth before the minds of people the character of God. That is why Christ came. And so then we, we, we ask the question that who has to the fullest extent revealed the character of God? The Son of God. The Son of God, Jesus Christ. Absolutely. So the Son of God came from heaven to make manifest the Father. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. 
according to John chapter 1 verse 18. And also in Matthew chapter 11 verse 27, it says, Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Beautiful. Uh, this this brings to mind, there was a time the disciples, uh, my brother, um, there was a time that the disciples came to Jesus Christ and, and, and Philip said to him that, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. And Jesus Christ pained that heart. He said, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? This is in John chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. So Christ was clearly saying, as has been quoted in the previous verses, that if you have seen him, you have seen his character, the way he has demonstrated his life before all of us, that we have seen and we have known the character of the Father through him. And more so, in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 18, Christ, describing his earthly mission, expressed to us, explained to us what he came to do. He said in Luke, chapter 4, verse 18, that the Lord hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Another word for gospel is good news. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Are you brokenhearted? Christ came to heal the brokenhearted. Are you pained at heart? Are you going through problems? Christ came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to preach deliverance to the captives. Those who are bound, he came to free, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Are you pained? Are you bruised? Christ came for you. He came to reveal this character of love to every one of us. So, adding to the point given by Brother Toby, this was his walk. This was the walk of Christ. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by Satan. There were whole villages where there was not a moan of sickness in any house, for he had passed through them and healed all their sick. His work gave evidence of his divine anointing. Love, mercy, and compassion were revealed in every act of his life. So what filled the soul of Christ was to save man. What the mission of Christ was to deliver the children of men from the bondage of darkness to the light. And so, looking at the mission of Christ, looking at the work, he, he went about doing good, bringing, leading the minds of the people to the truth. His heart went out in sympathy to the children of men. It took man's nature that he might reach man's want. The poorest and humblest were not afraid to approach him. Even little children were attracted to him. They loved to climb upon his knees and gaze into the pensive face, benignant with love. And also to prove this point that Christ is compassionate even till now, in Matthew chapter 9 verse 36, he says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. There are also some verses in the Bible that proves that Christ was compassionate. In Matthew chapter 14 verse 14. In Matthew chapter 15 verse 32. Christ was compassionate. He was moved with love. 
all that consumed Christ was to see men saved from the power of darkness. The, this, this really impacts the heart as you think of the character of Christ. You, 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 you see in the scriptures that when Christ spoke, Christ did not suppress one word of truth. He always spoke in love. When he spoke with pe to people, he exercised the greatest tact and thoughtful, kind attention in his relationships with the people. He was never rude. Christ was never rude. He never needlessly spoke a severe word. He never gave needless pain to a sensitive soul. Christ n did not censure human weakness. He spoke the truth, but it was always in love. Christ denounced hypocrisy unbelief and iniquity but whenever he spoke such rebukes his 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 voice was filled with tears and you see when he he stood before jerusalem understanding how jerusalem had rejected him tears were in his voice as he spoke he wept over jerusalem the city that he loved because they refused him christ the way the truth and the life christ was love christ shows to us that god loves us so deeply the people, the Jews, they had rejected Christ, the Savior. They, they, they didn't love him. They rejected him. But he regarded them still with pity and tenderness. His life was one of self-denial and thoughtful care for others. Every soul was precious in Christ's eyes. While he ever bore himself with divine dignity, he bowed with the tenderest regard to every member of the family of God. In all men, Christ saw fallen souls whom it was his mission to save. Wow! Such is the character of Christ as revealed in his life. This is the character of God. As we have read, Christ told Philip that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. It is from the Father's heart that the streams of divine compassion manifest in Christ flow out to the children of men. Jesus the tender, pitying Savior was God manifest in the flesh. God manifest in the flesh. God manifest in the flesh. That's in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Christ came to reveal the character of God to us. Christ, first and last and always, Christ revealed to us the character of the Father. As we commenced in the beginning telling you that this would be the first part to the second part and then we'll have the second part after this uh, episode. We hope that you would continue to listen to understand more about the love of God. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 it tells us that grace and peace are multiplied unto us through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As you would know more and more of Christ as you would learn of his character, you would understand more what we, he requires of us, of more of his character and what he has done for you and for me. So look forward to the next episode. Look forward to our next podcast. It would be a great delight to have you listening in again. And so we pray that the Lord will continue to help. And then we have our health talk for today. Health tips to help you to be in optimal health health tips to help you to be in optimal health do you know that we spend about one third of our lives sleeping many think that a waste but do you know that it is during sleep that the body rejuvenates itself 
that during sleep the body releases what 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 is called growth hormones that manufacture proteins for rebuilding the body during this period our bodies are repairing and eliminating waste specialists tell us that an average adult needs about eight to eight and a half hours of sleep daily note that eight to eight and a half hours of sleep daily do you know that loss of sleep or sleep deprivation diminishes the ability to learn a study was done one time where they found that those who who were deprived of sleep they had the tendency the greater tendency to lose self-control and to be cheaters in their walk do you know that all night or all night cramming sessions hurt rather than help those who are writing exams and so for that student don't burn that midnight oil sleep early to wake up early have the mind fresh there is the old adage that says that early to bed early to rise and it's absolutely true do well to get at least eight hours of sleep during the night do you know that sleeping two hours before midnight is worth four hours of sleep after midnight i'll say that again do you know that sleeping two hours before midnight is worth four hours of sleep after midnight it clearly has been demonstrated that serotonin it is a hormone, a neurotransmitter, a chemical which takes messages between the nerve cells that its level in our brains affects our moods. How much we feel pain, the quality of sleep, how good our memory is, and so on. And do you know that serotonin is mostly produced in the brain between 10 p.m. and 11 p.m.? But then that's only if we are asleep. If you're not asleep at this period, during this period of time, you cannot enjoy this. Please remember that an adult needs about eight hours of sleep, eight to eight and a half hours of sleep daily. And so for you to sleep very well, to ensure good sleep, you have to prepare for sleep. Do you know that? You have to prepare for sleep. So keep the following things in mind as you plan to sleep, as you prepare to sleep. Sleep early. Ensure to be asleep two hours before midnight. Be active during the day. The Bible says that the sleep of a laboring man is sweet sleep in a well-ventilated and dark room do not sleep directly exposed to a draft that is exposed to so much um, uh, inflow of air make sure your bed is a bit away from the window having lights on when you are asleep doesn't really help at all it actually does disturb the production of hormones while we sleep and that causes a lot of loss of quality rest Ensure that as you go to bed, you have an empty stomach. This would mean having your last meal several hours before bedtime. And make sure, as I said earlier, prepare for sleep. Yes, prepare for sleep. Take a warm bath. Studies show that a warm shower will cause you to sleep longer and also to have better rapid eye movement sleep. That means when you are able, when you are able to sleep well enough, which is the best kind of sleep, that is called the rapid eye right rapid eye movement sleep and do what you can to dispel thoughts of concern and worries at bedtime as as, as bedtime nears as you're going to bed make sure you have set whatever disputes you may have with people or whatever bad thoughts just surrender your heart to god and let the lord take care of you as you go to bed because if you are not at peace before you go to bed you would be miserable by the time you wake up and make sure you are regular. Maintain the same time you go to bed each night. Do your best to make sure that that, that is done. Do not use sleeping pills, please. They drastically affect, they drastically alter sleeping cycles. 
And now, you know what, again, you should do? Look forward to sleeping at night. Always look forward to sleeping at night. We hope that these tips have been a great blessing to you and that you would apply 